G'day everybody and welcome to the new episode of X-Band the Phantom Podcast. This episode we'll be talking about Legendary, the steampunk adventure, which uh, stars the Phantom as well as a whole bunch of other heroes. Uh, with me this episode we've got Jermaine. Hi Jermaine. How you going, Matt? Yeah, pretty good. And for uh, his very first time we have Stephen East joining us as well. How are you, Stephen? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So, um, as customary with new guests, uh, Stephen, could you give us a bit of a bit of a rundown on your time as a fan, how you got into the Phantom, and um, you know what special things you collect, if any, think, stuff like that. Yep, righty. Um, well, probably like everyone, start off when I was a kid, and you know, someone handed you a comic, and it's usually the, the Phantom, and yeah, you read it, and I thought, oh, geez, this is all right, and then. Um, yeah, then I uh, started doing the paper round. I thought, oh, I've got some money to spend on the Phantom. and So I did that for a few years and, um, yeah, kept that going even after I finished the paper round, of course. And, yeah, got into it. And um, then after a little while, you know, I'd moved down to Melbourne, still kept up the, the Phantom, and but somehow it just waned a little bit. Then a few years ago, I was um, I was actually in the news agents getting some supplies for work, turned around and there was the, the comics rack and... There was you know, four or five issues of the Phantom and picked them all up and kept going ever since. Oh, nice. So do you buy, um, obviously you've, you've bought the legendary issues as well. Do you buy all the yep. um, Phantom stuff or do you just concentrate on one or two things? Um, I'll concentrate on the comics. I've uh, beginning to grab the Moonstone and uh, Dynamite stuff. Um, I've got a few extra little things like a couple of plates and rings and and that sort of thing, the car that, um, the Matchbox or the Hot Wheels car that, that came out. Yep. But, um, yeah, mate, my budget is mainly towards the, um, towards the comics. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Right. Well, um, I suppose we should get into the discussion of Legendary. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk first about the two issues that the Phantom appears in, which is issue four and issue seven. Um, and then we'll have a bit of a discussion about the, the story. Story overall. So, as we've mentioned uh, previously on the podcast, and we've talked about this, uh, Legendary is a steampunk version of all these characters, which is um, sort of a sub-genre of science fiction. So, fellas, what did you think of the steampunk theme? Did you think it worked for the Phantom? Did you enjoy it? All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> I, I must admit, I was a little bit sceptical at first, um, but I guess a lot of that's got to do with the fact that I haven't read much in the steampunk genre. Um, but I was, I guess, seeing I had a low expectation, I was surprised and I didn't mind it. Um, I must admit, I found the first couple of stories a little bit uh, harder to read. Yeah. Um, but then once I read uh, issue four, which is where the Phantom appears, I actually um, enjoyed it and followed on reading it from there. Where, to be honest, I haven't to this, you know, I didn't read the first three issues until the Phantom one came because I just tried to and I just didn't get. I just wasn't interested. But um, it, I was created interest after reading the Phantom issue. Fair enough. Yeah, much the same with the um the first couple of issues. The the language was, you know, very much you know the Victorian English England type thing, and yeah, I found it found it a bit hard too. But 
But um, yeah, once you get past the first couple, it, it just they tend to drop it a bit, and, and it flows nicely, I reckon. Fair enough. Well, I'm obviously the odd one out here because I really enjoyed it from the first issue on, and I love love the language that they they use in it. Um, I feel that it really fits the world that they've created really well. Um, I, I like I said, enjoyed the first three issues, but once the Phantom issue came out, I was completely hooked. I thought this mm. issue was great. Are you back, Jermaine? No, he's gone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, there you are. Oh, cool. Oh, it looks like Stephen's gone. So, um, so as 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 a fan, Joe. Yeah. Um, of the whole genre, how did how did like the characters, the Phantom and the other characters, were they like? depicted as true in the subculture, in the subgenre. Yeah, I think they did a really good job um, trans- transporting them all into a, into a steampunk world. Um, some obviously translated a little bit better than others. I think uh, the main character, um, and obviously spoilers for anyone that hasn't read it, um, the main character of Red Sonja probably didn't translate into an exact steampunk character as well because... She doesn't have really anything um, that could be, like, any tech, I guess, that could be changed into that sort of steampunk um, sort of version of the world. But the Phantom, the way they changed his goggles, um, I thought was really cool. But they did that without having to change the character at all. Um, when I first saw the the concept sketches for the costume, I, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast as well, I thought it looked like an S&M um, costume, uh, but once I actually read the issue and you sort of see it in action in the issue itself, it I didn't get that uh, a vibe as much. It does look like an S and M costume still on the front cover, but in the actual comic itself, I think it I think it works. Um, and that's probably because of all the the action and being included with more sort of uh, steam uh, more more of a steampunk aesthetic rather than just being sort of um, in a void, for lack of a better term, in the on the covers and obviously on the um, concept art. So yeah, I, I I thought the transition from their regular characters into uh, their steampunk versions was quite good. Okay, guys. So uh, Devil in this series was quite different to how we're used to seeing. Um, what did you guys think of this depiction of Devil, Stephen? Do you want to go first? I, I liked it. I thought he's the best character in the series. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was funny. I thought he added, added a bit of life to the story. I liked him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Jermaine? I, I'm, I must admit, I I did like the, you know, the the idea of Devil actually talking because it really added that, like what they said, it really added that humorous side to the story. Um, yeah. You know, when he's trying to set up, you know, Red Sonia or her alter ego with the Phantom and, and you know, there was hints throughout the whole, you know, fourth issue and, and stuff like that. It was actually, it was really enjoyable, like, reading it from that from that side. I don't know if I would, don't know if I could handle a talking devil in the normal comic, but in a comic that's, you know, a bit of a play, a bit of a, you know, fun comic where, you know, characters are getting together and stuff like that. I, th- I thought it worked quite well. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's a nice addition. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. When I when I saw Devil was um completely metal, I thought, Oh, this is this is kinda of interesting. But um yeah, the banter and stuff between him and the Phantom well basically just the Phantom telling him to shut up all the time was um was really good. I I did really enjoy that. And I did like that he kept trying to set him and Red Sonya up. That was because he was, and it was funny because he was saying, uh, "There's one panel where he says to the Phantom, you 'You're not getting any older. Who's going to be, ta- who's going to take over the family business?'" I just thought that was, mm. yeah, those little things like that was great. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, talking about. Like living in a... Sorry. And how would you like living? In... How would you like living in a cave? You know, just dropping little hints. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And saying it was a nice cave and all that sort of, with a great wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was cool. So, um, talking about Devil trying to set uh, the Phantom and Red Sonya up, what did you guys think of the um, love interest there, where the Phantom and Red Sonya, oh, well, she's um, not Red Sonya technically at the time, Magna. but Magna, yeah, what did you think of the uh, love interest? Diana's um, going to be jealous. <laughs> but is it the 21st? Well, oh, wow, I, th- I think we can go from what Devil said, that there isn't any other ladies in the Phantom's life, so... I don't think Diana's around. Yeah, I guess that I guess we automatically think it's the twenty first because um, Devil is shown, and uh, you know the only Phantom that had a pet dog was twenty first Phantom. But and wolf. Um, yeah, dog. Yeah, wolf. <laughs> Better get that right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I wouldn't see it as the actual 21st. I'll just see it as a um, an unnamed phantom, I guess, is probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that there is no Diana in this storyline or segment. Um, but, yeah, the, the love interest, I thought, worked quite well, actually. Um, you know, it's definitely... Like, they did well at um, creating... In you know, in twenty odd pages, they did quite well in creating uh, some some chemistry yeah. there, and um, I thought that was quite well well done. Yeah, and, and it didn't feel forced at all either, which I thought was was very good. Um, and you can sort of tell over reading the comic that the Phantom and uh, Magda are spending um, you know a couple of days together. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good the way that it just sort of organically flowed out of. Um, what happened in the story? It didn't. It didn't feel forced at all. Yeah, and I guess it helps when uh, Magna. Yeah, yeah. I guess it helps when Magna, um, you know, slays that, um, you know, the knife through that that beast's head. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's it's kind of funny that it's right after that that the Phantom snogs her. I thought that, that was really good. <laughs> well, she did just save his life. Well, this this is true. This is very true. <laughs> One thing I um, I did notice, though, that I feel I should mention, that I've got to before, um, hardly ever, I'm just going back and looking through now, I don't think at any time the Phantom is drawn with actually wearing his rings. Oh. So, you know. I didn't notice that either. Oh, good picker. Yeah. Um, the skull's on Hero, though. Yeah, the skull's on Hero, and it's on his belt and all that sort of stuff, but... Um, he doesn't appear to be wearing, wearing the skull ring. Now, I know artists in the past have overlooked that, um, so, you know, I, I suppose it's not something we can, you know, jump up and down and scream about, but it always But is it something they should be overlooking? Because it's no, no, it's not. One of the, 
It's one of the core elements of the fanzine. Like, if you can get a skull on the um, on the bridle and on the stuff of the horse, surely you would do enough of a, a study on the phantom that you would know that he's got two rings. Yeah. Um, so the way I see it is, obviously, it was a, gr- a very badly overlooked or they didn't put it on there on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a shame that, that it's not there because it does sort of you know it tinges the experience a little bit, but um, you know, it's it's not a deal breaker for me, but it is disappointing that that it's been overlooked. But the art, otherwise, I thought was pretty good. Oh yeah, I think the art's the art's great. There's only one panel um, towards the end um, where yeah, the, the second fandom, last page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that bottom panel, the Phantom's mm. face looks a bit wonky. Mostly yeah, because of the mask. Chin. Yeah. That's the only one, really, that, I, that is a bit out, I think, for, for, the, for the rest of the um, book and the rest of the series as well. The art's really good, I find. Okay. So, so um, what about the... We've talked about Devil making jokes and stuff. What about the Phantom himself making jokes? Did you guys feel that that fitted the character, Stephen? Uh, he's always making a joke or two in the um, in his adventures. So yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm flicking through it now, just trying to find a joke now. <laughs> well, I suppose most of it. I came... guess. Sorry, Jermaine. Sorry, I was just going to say. I guess it's it's the question or it's the thing that gets that kind of polarizes a lot of fans. Is do you like the the uh, the the smiley, campy type of phantom, like we got in the Phantom movie, or the smiley phantom in Sky Barry's, you know, dailies and Sundays, or do you prefer the grim, dark phantom that you get from the Ray Moore stories and stuff? I guess, I guess it's always something that's polarised um, fans that I've found, anyway, is that you get fans that tend to either like one or the other, and they don't like both. Mm. Yeah, well, again, I'm going to be um, different here and say I actually quite like both. And I think the humour and stuff that the character's displaying will depend very much on the story. So I think in the context of this story of Legendary, yeah, it works fine. But in the context of, say, um, Year One from Egmont, where you know the Phantom had thought his whole family had been massacred, then it's probably not the right place for him to be making jokes. You know, so um, I think it depends... It's got to fit the context. Exactly, it's got to fit the context, but I don't think it's wrong for the character to be wisecracking because he's never been established as particularly grim and he's never been established as, you know, a really happy... Oh, maybe happy-go-lucky isn't the right term, but he hasn't been established as a really jovial character. He's somewhere in between. So I think having stories with him doing one of the other works, as long as, like I say, it works for the context of the story it's in. Yeah, he, he's not Batman and he's not Spider-Man. He's somewhere in between those two. Yeah. yeah I, I must admit, too. like, even even with the Ray Moore stories, you know, it was definitely darker, but he definitely had that dark side with the jokes, like that dark humour. Yeah, yeah. 
But then in um, Wilson McCoy's that lighted up a little bit, um, I, I wonder too if the dark or the perceived darkness of Ray Moore suffers because of his art style. Like his art style is, is quite a lot darker than Wilson McCoy's and Cy Barry's was. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just because of that. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, I suppose we should... We've covered issue four fairly well, so I suppose we should look at issue seven. Um, I suppose the Phantom would be considered to have, what, a guest appearance in this issue? Because he's only really in the last, what, third of it. Um, But once he does come in, he does have a fair few panels and a fair few lines. What did you guys think of his um, short but still rather interesting uh, depiction in this issue? I'm just getting the issue out now. Um, yeah, well, he's always good. And he always, I'm just trying to find his action panel. Oh, yeah, there he is. Well, yeah, so, yeah same on. Um, he's not really cracking jokes here. He's, he's um, shooting first and then taking names later by, by looks of things. Yep. Yeah, well, he, he it, g- it gave me the impression in this, um, the first, which I'm assuming is the one you're... Uh, alluding to Stephen, the action panel, he's saying, try to bring down their biggest threats fast. The man-beast hybrids, creatures from Dr. Moreau's genetic vats. So he's giving advice on how they should be fighting the battle. So it gave the impression to me that he's sort of, sort of the tactician of the group. Yeah, he's he's all, like he definitely looks like, and you definitely get the, the feel from that that he's kind of like the elder statesman, he's the experienced one, he's the He's the leader. He's the one that you would look for in a crisis and and stuff. And I, I think that goes to show that the writer did get a lot right with his depi- depiction of the Phantom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he fits in really well. Like a lot of people have said that you know the Phantom should be a solo character. You know, there's that whole thing um, in the books where he works alone. But I think he works really well here in this this group of of heroes. Um, yeah. Again. This is, you know, a kind of alternate world, I guess you'd say. So maybe it's, you know, it works better because of that rather than it being the traditional Phantom. But um, I really enjoyed it, seeing him working with other heroes, to be honest. Yeah, it's always good to see him out and about. Yeah. Meet up with a few people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so what Stephen said uh, made me think of something I wanted to ask. What did you think of the, I suppose... Um, like Stephen said, uh, shooting first and taking names later. Like he, he actually kills in in issue four. He kills that big man beast hybrid thing. What did you guys think of that? Do you think that is right for this this series? Does it, even though the Phantom's not supposed to kill because it's a different kind of world, do you think it works, or is that not something you're happy with? Jermaine, you're usually pretty passionate about this subject. <laughs> Um, well, it's a, you know, it's it's not a human being for one. It's a beast animal type of thing, and it is in the scenario of you know uh, you know fight or be killed mm. or kill or be killed. So I guess you've got to take that into context. Um, so I personally don't have a problem with it. Yeah. What about you, Stephen? Yeah. Um, well, with those those man beast things, that was probably an area that they could have fleshed out. A little bit more in the story, like yeah. how they come about. Um, but that's another issue. But you know, 
they're a monster or something like that. They're not they're not human. And um but yeah, they, they, they say themselves that they're not an animal, they say that they're a man, but yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a fine line. Yeah, well, are you guys familiar with Dr. Moreau, the island of Dr. Moreau story? Well, I know it's a story, but I haven't, haven't read it or seen well, it. Ba- basically, it's about a made scientist that um, performs experiments on humans and animals to make hybrids of the two. So um, that's why they're saying, I'm not an animal, I'm a man, because they still have the mind of a, of a man. They're just a bit messed up from all the experimentations and things. There is a movie based on it with Val Kilmer that's not too bad if you're interested in checking it out. But um, yeah, that, I've watched that one as a kid. But yeah, I, I think it still stands that you know that you know it is kill or be killed. Yeah. Well, the, the whole series, the world is shown as being quite brutal. So um, I yeah, I, th- I think it works. It's not like you know the last Phantom where they were saying no, this is the Phantom in our world and he's killing a whole bunch of guys and it just felt wrong. Um, it's very much a different. Yeah, world. I didn't like that. No, no. Um, it's very much a different world and a different uh, type of story, I guess. So, yeah, I, I think it worked in, in this instance. Mm. Okay, so um, is there anything about the Phantom specifically you'd like to to mention um, from Legendary? Anything about his uniform? <laughs> yeah, well, what did you think of his uniform, Stephen? I thought I thought it, it fits the theme. I'm 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 fine with it. Um, but yeah, don't it, yeah. As long as it, with their next few um, publications, that's a dynamite that they don't put black sli- black sleeves on him. I'm, I'm happy. Just keep that in the legendary world. That's all right. Fair enough. What about you, Jermaine? Um, yeah, I think it's the same as what Steve said. Is that it, it belongs in the legendary world, but it um, doesn't belong in the mainstream phantom world. Yeah. Um, but I guess that could be something we discuss later on is, you know, do we want to see it again? You know, is there room for it and stuff like that as well? That could be something we touch upon. Yep. So, um, but with that, what did you guys think of the series as a whole then? Did you enjoy it? Did you, well, I know you didn't, didn't particularly enjoy the first three issues, but um, once it was all done and dusted, how did you feel about it? Uh, Jermaine, you want to go first? Yeah, um, again... Like, well, yeah, as I, as I said, um, I didn't read the first three, but then when I read the fourth one, I actually got right into it, and that's when I read every issue after that. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I, um, you know, I picked them up fairly straight away from the news, uh, from the comic book store, um, you know, and read them as soon as I could. Um, I, I quite liked, uh, the story of Flash about how, um, you know, how he was the was the founder of one of the cities and all that because of, you know, crash landed from ages ago and I quite, I thought it showed a lot of detail and a lot of uh knowledge to be able to write a backstory like that with the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um and it it was almost it could have almost I don't know whether they whether you could have done something like that with some of the other characters. Some of the other characters just seem to be almost parachuted in. Yeah, um, yeah. A bit like uh, Zorro. I thought Zorro was just, you know, like all of a sudden he was there. Yeah. Um, where I thought the way they did the Flash was very good. So, But I guess you can only do so much in 20 pages for each character. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Yeah, I, I feel the same that uh, with, um, yeah, having Flash Gordon and having that... um. That backstory helped to explain the world. I felt, 
you know, it's supposed to be this era, you know, 100 or so years ago, yet they've got this technology. So I thought you know, having that backstory really helped to um, explain that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said at the start, I, I enjoyed it from the first issue all the way through. Um, I think Bill uh, Willingham, the guy that wrote this, this series, as I've said before, he is a really good writer. If he's read any of his other stuff, um, you'll know that. But I think he did a really good job having so many characters in only a seven-issue series. And they they did feel, like you said, Jermaine, it did feel some of the characters got parachuted in. But once they were in there, it felt like they had a decent amount of screen time. You know what I mean? It wasn't like any one character was sort of pushed to the back when they were actually in the book, um, you know, which is great because there's going to be fans of all of the different characters there. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit of a shame the Phantom was only in one issue, really, but at least that issue was basically dedicated to him, unlike, you know, Zora, I guess, who's kind of um, the guest star for one and a half issues, I suppose you would say. Um, you know, is that as good or is it worse than having one whole issue dedicated to you? I'm not sure. You'd have to ask a Zorro fan about that. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I loved the design of the world or the ships and the city, how they have that um, kind of Victorian, that skewed Victorian design. Um, I, I liked seeing uh, the, the costumes, not just for the main characters, but for the other sort of secondary heroes as well, like the army generals and that, to see how they would um, were depicted in a, in a steampunk world. So, yeah, I thought the whole thing was really good. They obviously put a lot of time and effort into this series, which, you know, is, is a great, great thing. So um, what do you reckon, guys? Would you like to see Legendary Series 2? It's definitely set up for a possible sequel at the end of Issue 7. I'd like to, because uh, I need resolution. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm still on the fence. One, you know, I, I guess, you know, we might even get a choice with the whole, um, with the whole circumstance with Herms. You know, they might not even um, uh, have the rights to be able to do something like this. Yeah. Um, but, ah. Uh, I don't know, like, I didn't mind it, but, um, yeah, would I want to see another one? Um, I'll buy it if it came, if it comes out again, but, um... <laughs> yeah, but would you actually read it, Jermaine? That's the thing. Oh, I kind of read most of it, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Fair enough. Very indecisive. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would have to I'd be like to on see the... another one. I'd have to be on the uh, fence about it. I, I would like, um, if they were to do another one, that some of the covers not be so ridiculously priced. The variant um, covers? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like I, I really like, like, the one that I like the most out of um, Issue 4 was the most expensive cover. You know, like, go figure. Um, which, which one was that? That was the one with the parrot on it, and it was kind of like... Um, not oh, yeah. steampunk, it was more like a 30s, 40s style. Yep. And it, um, with, like, the jungle, and it was a really nice cover, but it was, yeah, it was the most expensive one. Like, I've seen it going for about 100 bucks, and I just don't know if you can justify that for a, uh, a variant cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually... I was um, able to pick up... Sorry, sorry, Stephen, you go. 
uh, I was able to pick up um, yeah the the phantom variant the phantom concept art um, variant for ten bucks. I was just having to be in a shop and there it was. I thought, oh ripper, there we go. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I d- mm. actually didn't get any of the variant covers. Um, if I was to get one, I'd love to get the one where it's the Phantom and Devil busting through the window, um, and then the one where it's the Phantom and Magnus um, sort of walking through a swamp, and the Phantom's got some, you know, the eyes of his mask are glowing. I think both of those are really nice. But um, fortunately, at the time they were released, my wallet didn't extend to to buying variants, so... Yeah, but I, I understand what you mean, Jermaine. The price of some variants is, is very ridiculous. Um, for myself, though, I'd love to see uh, another series. Um, like Stephen said, I, I want resolution. It's kind of stated at the end of the issue seven, they've won the battle but not the war. Um, and we didn't find out what happened to you know, that, that group of evildoers, Ming and um, Dr. Moreau and all those guys. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and we didn't... Sit at the, uh dark they don't do much they just yeah. sit in the dark and even the demon they summoned we d- don't find out what happened with it so um it's definitely been written like it's been planned to have a, another series whether we'll see that now because like Jermaine says what's going on with Herms um that could you know put that into the realms of wishful thinking um, which, you know, is, is as much as I'm looking forward to Herm's issue, and I have just got my comic shipment today, so I'll be reading that tonight. But, um, you know, it is a shame that we mightn't get to see another series because of that. So, yeah. Or what will probably happen is the Phantom just won't be there. Yeah, well, that's that's it too. Maybe he's off, yeah, in another adventure. He's, though. Or he's off sulking because he didn't get the girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, or he just, you know, he died and there was no one to take over the, the Phantom line, so, because Devil couldn't yeah, set him up. And, and Lothar oh, was too have to find Lothar somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's an interesting character. They didn't do Mandrake in something like that. I would have thought that he would have been all right in that type of um, genre. Yeah, yeah, he would have fit. Yeah, he would have fit well with the magic and the technology and that sort of thing. It would have been, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't do him, but I suppose they had that many characters to choose from. But, um, yeah, I wonder what the process of characters they chose was, because there's some in there that, you know, I ha- I'd never heard of before, like that bloke in the, um, in the silver suit thing. Um, he looks like mm. a bullet. Silver Star, that's his name. Um, Captain Victory I'd never heard of before. So whether They're both um, Jack Kirby creations, I think. Oh, are they? I didn't know that. I did a little bit of research this Sabo. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, at least one person's all Yeah, at least, at, least, at least one of us <laughs> knows what we're doing. But other characters, you know, they make sense. It makes sense having Vampirella in there and Green Hornet and Kato because they're very popular characters. Um, same with, obviously, the Phantom and Flash but, um, and Zorro. But, um, yeah, some, some of the choices I thought were... Well, not strange, but, but interesting, but that might just be because I'm ignorant and don't know who they are. <laughs> cool. So, um, anything else you want to mention about the series, guys, before we finish this up? No, I've, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I'm pretty happy. I thought it was a good experiment, um, but, yeah, I don't know whether it... I don't know whether it worked from a Phantoms fan point of view. Well, your fans and fan point of view, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> all right. 
it's probably not enough of the Phantom for the, for a Phantom fan, but for you know, if you're a steampunk, I, I thought it was all right, and with the cameo of the Phantom, I, was, I appreciated that. Hmm. Well, I I'm um. I know, in my years of, of being in the Santa community, I seem to be more open to trying different things than um, a lot of people are, so maybe my opinion isn't as valid, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd like to see another series. So uh, if the Phantom wasn't in the next series, would you buy it and... I, I would. And rate it? I would. Would you? Need, need to see what happens. Yeah, need need to see what happens. Need, if, need, need yeah, like I said before, need resolution. If the um if the same creative team is on it, I definitely and the Phantom's not in it, I'd definitely pick it up. Um, if it's a different creative team and the Phantom's not in it, I might get the first issue or two and just see how that goes. But um, if the only difference between season oh sorry series one and series two is there's no Phantom, then yes, I I definitely pick it up. So yeah. yeah. So, like I say, I, I quite quite enjoyed it. Right, cool. Well, um, if we've all said everything we wanted to about, actually, I just I just thought we've never actually given a rating, you know, out of five or out of ten or something. Do you think we should start doing that? What if we try that? Oh. Well, yeah, all right. Right, well, well you all go right. first, yeah. Jermaine. What would you give it out of? Oh, let's let's make it a bit easier. What would you give it out of five? Would you give it five the whole. For the whole thing. For the whole seven series, and then uh, voting again for like issue four, seeing it was dedicated to the Phantom. Yeah, well, let, let's do that. So go with the whole okay. series first. Probably the whole series would probably be probably a three. Yep. For issue four, I would probably give it probably a four to a four and a half. Fair enough. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, I'd give it a. I was thinking a three and a half. I thought good story. I thought parts of it were a bit rushed, and I didn't like the end. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Uh, three and a half. All right, well, for the whole... And for, uh, for issue four, I thought yep. it was yeah, quite good. Yeah, I agree with Jermaine there. Four, four and a half for that one. Yeah, well, I'm pretty much with you guys. For the whole series, I'd probably give it about three and a half, because, um, again, there was, like you said, Stephen, there was things that were felt a bit rushed, and um, I wanted... I, not that I didn't like the end, I just wanted more. <laughs> um, mm. So I'd give it probably three and a half. For the Phantom issue... I'd give it um, four to four and a half for that. I thought thought that was great. The only thing that let it down was those few little wonky bits in the artwork. Um, yeah, so that's my score. Cool. Righty-o. Oh, sorry, Jermaine. Just going on with what you said with your votes about how you kind of marked it down a bit or you didn't mark it as high because it was uh, not... it ended up in the air. Isn't that the way things are done these days? Like, you know, you look at, what, you look at the new, um, what's that new movie, The Mockingbird, Hunger Games. Yeah. You know, like they, um, and even, uh, what's that other vampire one, um, one they did before, where the last story, they break it up into two. Um, you know, Twilight? Just, Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Twilight. You can tell that we um, never watched it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, that's how, they, that's how they do things. You know, they, they, they have that cliffhanger. They, so, you know, people are, uh, are looking forward to the, um, the next part. So wouldn't it, so you didn't like the, the fact that it was open-ended? Or would have you preferred mm-hmm. everything to be wrapped up in a nice bow? No, I don't mind it being open-ended. I just want to see more of the bad guys there at the end. Like, it just seemed to be a whole bunch of goons or 
or an army or something like that, but um, oh, I've got someone calling me. It's my brother. I'll talk to him later. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, like the bad guys, that the, the council, you know, didn't really see them in action. No, yeah, that that was my. And, and I would have liked to have seen yeah, at least one of them in the in, in the last bit there, you know, Ming or or one of the other fellas, at least they're in the battle and doing something. Yeah, that that was my issue too. Like you said, there's um, you know, basically the the battle at the end is against a whole bunch of goons, and we didn't see the the council, and also there was that huge summoning of that demon thing, and then the guy, the demon, just sat around whinging about how hungry he was. You know, I would have liked to see what the actual point of having that demon there was in, in the last issue. Not maybe the demon physically go and start, you know, destroying the world or whatever, but at least some indication of why he was there. They obviously want his power for something, probably to take over the world, but it just, yeah, it felt like there was this big event and then nothing was made of it. Um, so that was my kind of, that was my problem with it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, well, um, I guess that'll do us for this episode of Chronicle Chamber. Um, thanks for very much for joining us, Stephen. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, our, our pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Oh, good Jeez. stuff. Well, we'll probably have to have you on again at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to do it. But we'll have to do it where, like, one of us plays the antagonist, and so the discussion could be a bit more lively. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> bit of good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And, of course, you can check um, all your latest fandom news out at chroniclechamber.com. If you're downloading this via iTunes, please leave a review. Um, give us a star rating because we haven't got any yet, and this is, what, episode 17 or so, so we'd like to start getting some up there. All right, everybody, thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.